It's Tuesday, November 26th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Newly leaked documents from inside the Chinese government detail how officials have systematically targeted ethnic minorities who live there. We'll explain what's new in these docs and how China is taking the heat. Then, a federal judge has just issued a ruling that could have a huge impact on the impeachment inquiry, which, FYI, picks up again after Thanksgiving. Speaking of holidays, if you're in the mood to spread some holiday spirit, the U.S. Postal Service wants to deliver it. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by Sakara. The most complicated story today is going down in Western China. Since last week, news outlets around the world have published leaked documents concerning China's mass detention of ethnic minorities, including a group known as Uyghurs. China has downplayed the detentions for years, but these new documents show that China knows what it's doing is a really big deal. So today we're going to get into what we already know about the detention of ethnic minorities in China, what we're learning from these new documents, and how the world is reacting. Let's start with where the detentions are happening, in Xinjiang. Xinjiang is a province in western China that's home to several minority ethnic groups that are pretty distinct from the Han Chinese, the group that makes up more than 90% of the population in China. The largest of those minority groups are Uyghurs. Most speak their own language and practice Islam. Xinjiang only became part of China in 1949, and some extremist groups still there want the region to go back to being its own country. But broadly speaking, the Chinese government views the otherness of the ethnic minority groups in Xinjiang as a potential threat. Ten years ago, when riots broke out in Xinjiang between Uyghurs and Han Chinese, the Chinese government cracked down with what they called a strike hard and punish campaign to tackle Uyghur resistance and control the security situation. In 2017, China shifted from crackdown mode to straight up detention mode, rounding up Uyghurs and placing them in what it called re-education camps. Soon after, reports started to emerge that people in these camps were being forced to give up their religion and pledge allegiance to the Chinese Communist Party instead. And with time, the world started to get a better picture of the surveillance, detention, torture, and brainwashing happening on a mass scale. So that's what we knew before. What do these new documents tell us? Basically, they show us just how 1984 the situation in Xinjiang has become. One leaked document shows how China uses advanced surveillance software in Xinjiang to flag people for investigation and possibly detention even before they do anything quote-unquote wrong. Yeah, creepy. Another document sheds light on the extent to which the Chinese government has targeted Muslim beliefs. A leaked criminal indictment shows how one man was arrested after warning his colleagues not to watch porn or skip prayer, because that would make them non-believers. Chinese officials in Xinjiang charged him for, quote, inciting extremist religious thoughts and sentenced him to 10 years in prison. And finally, the documents highlight a contradiction in how China has described what goes on in these so-called re-education camps. See, China's been saying these camps are just vocational schools where people go to learn skills. But a leaked memo signed by a top Communist Party official says otherwise, that these supposed vocational schools look a lot more like prisons. It says that any skills training doesn't even start until people have been detained for a year. Officials also talk about how preventing escape is a top priority, and that police should be stationed around the camps in guard posts. Oh, and that personal phones should be banned too. 
not exactly an ideal learning environment. So what's going to come of all this? Well, China's government is not happy. When a reporter with the BBC asked China's UK ambassador yesterday about the leaked documents, the ambassador basically said, don't believe what you see. The document, so-called document you're talking about is a peer fabrications. Don't listen to fake news. Meanwhile, China's foreign ministry has said other countries need to stay out of China's internal affairs and shouldn't criticize the way it fights terrorism. But that hasn't stopped Germany and the United Kingdom from demanding that China give UN observers access to the detention camps to see what's going on for themselves. Other countries are trying to pressure China in other ways. Last month, the US blocked some of the Chinese tech companies involved in surveilling Xinjiang from doing any work with American companies. The US could also go after manufacturing companies that use re-education camps for labor, forcing detainees to spend hours in factories. Others have said the Trump administration should demand China end these mass detentions as part of our trade war negotiations, or sanction Chinese officials responsible for the situation there. Because thanks to these leaked documents, we now have a better sense of who those people are. These new leaked docs could also hurt China's relationship with neighboring countries. Recent reports suggest people fleeing Xinjiang and heading to other countries are sharing their stories of Chinese repression. That has sparked anti-Chinese protests in places like Kazakhstan and has made it difficult for some Asian countries to cooperate with China. Not a great look for China, which is in the middle of building its global Belt and Road Initiative by partnering with nations around the world on massive infrastructure, transportation, and energy projects. China intended the initiative to increase their international investments, but as more comes to light on their actions in Xinjiang, countries may be more hesitant to partner up with them. So what's the skim? Leaked documents are giving us a rare inside look at the Chinese government's crackdown on ethnic minorities in the western province of Xinjiang. These documents conflict with what China's been saying for years and are helping us learn how mass surveillance is leading to mass detentions in so-called re-education camps that sound more like prisons than schools. And since these internal documents match up with what human rights advocates have been warning about for years, it's not surprising that more and more countries are coming out and saying China needs to be held accountable for this. Coming up, we've got the latest on some big news about the impeachment inquiry, should you find yourself talking politics over Turkey. It can be hard to prepare healthy meals that also taste good, but eating better doesn't have to be boring or bland. Sakara makes organic, ready-to-eat meals with nutritious and delicious plant-based ingredients that are designed to help you look and feel like your best self. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners $60 off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash skim this. That's sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash skim this to get $60 off your first order. Sakara.com slash skim this. This year, your Thanksgiving turkey might come with a side of impeachment talk. We've heard from a ton of witnesses in the impeachment inquiry already. But now, a federal judge has issued a new ruling about witness testimony that could have a huge effect on what happens next. The judge's decision has to do with former White House counsel Don McGahn. The House Judiciary Committee has been trying to get a hold of him since April, way before the president's Ukraine call even happened. You might remember that pre-Ukraine drama. We're talking about the Mueller report. That's former special counsel Robert Mueller 
who was called in to investigate Russian interference in the 2016 election and any links between Russia and the Trump campaign. One of the big witnesses in that investigation was McGahn. He spoke to Mueller's team for a whopping 30 hours. But when the House tried to schedule follow-ups, Trump blocked the efforts. The White House said top advisors are immune from congressional subpoenas. But yesterday, a federal judge in D.C. ruled that aides like Don McGahn can't ignore Congress like this, even if the president wants him to. The federal judge said that absolute testimonial immunity for senior-level White House aides is, quote, fiction. She literally wrote, presidents are not kings, meaning the people who work in the White House are not bound by loyalty to the president, but to the people of the United States. The Justice Department has already filed an appeal to her decision, so it could be a while before McGahn testifies before Congress. Even then, the ruling doesn't mean McGahn has to answer all of the questions. If he actually shows up, he could still try to invoke executive privilege and keep his lips sealed on some things. But if this ruling holds, it could affect more than just McGahn's testimony. House investigators are anxious to hear from other administration officials, too. From former National Security Advisor John Bolton to Acting Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney and more. All of whom have so far RSVP'd no. But with this new ruling, they just might have to make an appearance. That said, the House Intelligence Committee, which has been running the impeachment inquiry, isn't holding its breath. The committee's chair, Adam Schiff, doesn't seem to need the extra testimonies. His team is already preparing their impeachment report, which means they could be ready to hand the inquiry over to the House Judiciary Committee as soon as next week, which is already planning its public impeachment hearings set to begin on Wednesday. Then it's up to them to decide whether to write up any formal articles of impeachment. After that, the whole Democratic-controlled House of Representatives would vote, and if they vote to impeach, they pass the baton on to the Senate. The Republican-controlled Senate would then hold a trial and vote on whether or not to convict the president. For more on the inquiry and other current events that may come up during Thanksgiving, head on over to the Skim app. We've got a guide and audio note to help you make it through the holiday. You can find it in the App Store. Before you can have that conversation, though, you'll probably have to do some traveling. And hitting the road or taking to the skies during Thanksgiving is easier said than done. According to Airlines for America, a record 31.6 million people are expected to travel over the holiday, just by air. If you think driving might get you there faster, well, AAA estimates that 49.3 million people will be hitting the road. Wednesday will be the busiest day to drive, and drivers should expect their trips to be four times longer than normal. But there's another potential detriment to your travel plans. Heading into Thanksgiving, heavy rain, snow, and powerful winds are expected across the country. And if tuning into the annual Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade is part of your normal holiday routine, maybe don't get your hopes up for balloons. New York City officials might have to ground 16 giant balloons due to high winds, the only time balloons have actually been grounded in the history of the parade was in 1971, thanks to extreme wind. The final decision won't be made until that morning, but rain or shine, the marching entertainment part of the parade will still go on, with or without balloons. So if you haven't left yet, be sure to plan ahead. Take extra precaution on the road and plan for emergencies, delays, and a whole lot of holiday patience.
Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you from Santa Claus. Apparently, he needs more letters to open this holiday season. And the U.S. Postal Service is helping him out with Operation Santa, a program that's been going on for over 100 years. Here's how it works. Kids from participating cities send a letter addressed to Santa in the North Pole through the Postal Service. Some ask for toys. Others ask for more basic necessities. Once their letters are received by the post office, you can read excerpts online and then volunteer to adopt a letter on the program's website and fulfill a child's wish list. But so far this year, Santa's helpers have been too good. The program only just went live last Monday, and all the letters since then have already been fulfilled. So the post office is encouraging deserving kids to write in. For more info, head on over to uspsoperationsanta.com. And kids can mail their letters by December 14th to 123 Elf Road, North Pole, zip code 88888. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks again for listening and be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us online. We're signing off now for the Thanksgiving holiday, but we'll be back in your ears on Monday. Same goes for our free newsletter, The Daily Skim, which you can sign up for at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox. 